saying lovely things about you. It's part of my party No, it's not, it's not that. He was just saying he's very impressed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Kind of Funny Morning Show uh, for January 5th. It's Friday. We made it the first week down. Yeah. First week done. 2018. Smooth Super smooth week. My name is Nick Scarpino. I am joined today by the my um, my favorite guest, oh. the illustrious uh, Jeff Ramsey, coming Hello. all the way from Austin, Texas, over there uh, uh, in the Achievement Hunter Studios that look a little like the the, um, the hangar that Tom Cruise launched out of an American made when he was smuggling drugs for the Narcos. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted you guys to know that. That, 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 that that's fun for me. How you doing? I'm doing really well, man. I'm doing really well. It's been a a whirlwind year already. Yeah, hair's, just getting, a, hair's getting long. It's getting there. I know. I need to cut. I've been home. I've been in. L- I was out in LA all week uh, with people that are far less fun to hang out with than you guys. I love it. Funhouse and Sugar Pine. Done. Ugh, Those guys are the worst. They, they're so that. well. Like, well, not the Funhouse guys, but the Sugar Pine guys are so well dressed, and it's like, stop trying that hard. I know. You know, the Funhouse guys, they just get jacked out and wear super small shirts. I feel like every every day Stephen Suptic leaves his house, he thinks he's going for like a, he's he's leaving to go do a, like a lookbook photo shoot. <laughs> It's really obnoxious. It's obnoxious because he nails it too. That's the I know, problem. I know. If he if he didn't nail it, we'd be like, whatever, he's trying. But he nails it, and so that just makes that part of me that wishes I was super tall and skinny just even more jealous. Three things I don't like in life. One, Nick, I'm gonna tell you. One, people yeah. that are taller than me. Yeah. I'm six feet tall. Anybody over six feet is too tall. Mutants. That's obnoxious. They're Unless you're in mutants. the NBA, I don't want to see it. Yeah. Don't get on the fucking plane people if you're that are, tall. People that are skinnier than me, yeah. the appropriate weight is about 180 pounds. That's what I'm at. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can go up and down five pounds. Anything more than that for a six foot tall person, it's just egregious. Yep. Like Stephen Southern needs to eat a lot. Eat a lot. Uh, and I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like people that are b- better looking than me. Yeah. 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 Well, there are not many people that are better looking than you. Well, so you're okay. You don't encounter that many people. But so basically, you hate Alfredo. I'm not Alfredo. a fan of Alfredo. <laughs> yeah, Anybody, any man Alfredo. that can pull off yoga pants, I don't want to know. Dude, does he still wear those things where, like, like Greg the other day walked in and he was wearing shorts, but he was wearing the uh, the leggings underneath the shorts, like he is a professional baller. And I'm like. <laughs> You can't, only Alfredo can do that because when Alfredo takes his shirt off, whether he likes it or not, he has a six pack. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I've worn leggings before for certain things. I just feel totally out of place when I do. Because they make, they're so revealing. I don't understand how anyone does that. I think I'm 42 now. I think I'll manage to go however long, at least a year left I have yeah. probably in, in before I, I croak. Uh, I'll go my whole life without ever wearing, putting on a pair of leggings, probably. You know, you say that, you joke about it. Not the leggings, the croaking. The dime? But you are way more healthy than you've ever been right now. I look at you and I'm like, you look great. great. The the colors come back to your skin. (laughs) Well, all I had to do, Nick, was give up everything in life that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's how it goes. That's all you gotta do. When people hear me talking about, like, diet and nutrition, Mm -hmm. there's always someone in the comments that's like, that, while sounds healthy, also sounds horrible. (laughs) Like you can't eat carbs, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't party, you can't do anything. You gotta sleep 12 hours a night. Like, what are you doing with your life? So much sleep now. I'm gonna get to the end of my life, and I'm probably gonna live till 90, but the latter, the back half of those years, just gonna be fucking boring. Nothing to write home about. Kinda how I console myself is that I drank enough for three lifetimes. You really did. Already. I was proud of you for that. Thanks, man. So like, you know, I can't complain, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, I do, um, like, I. My body is my body and my brain are starting to betray me in the sense that like like we went to Morton's last night for a business dinner Hell with yeah, like Ubisoft did. and full screen and this mm-hmm. whole thing and uh, the steakhouse. I'm thinking Morton's. all day about steak. How how much I how fucking much I want to just so dive into a steak. Mm-hmm. I get to Morton's and I'm looking at the menu and I'm like it all just seems so heavy and I got a salad and everybody's making fun of me for getting a salad mm-hmm. and I was like I just I wanted I wanted it. You gotta I listen to your I, body. I, my I listen to my body. My body tells me and I, I don't like it. I don't appreciate it, but what am I going to do? It's my body, and it's it's far more in control than I am. Uh, it just likes vegetables. 
That's maybe what you need. Oh. Yeah, that's your body craving nutrients, probably. I know. I don't listen to that. I just go with steak. Last time I, I went to a steakhouse, I went with, with steak. some uh, people that were up here. We went to the Epic Steakhouse, which is on the, like, overlooks the Bay Bridge, mm. and I gorged on a filet mignon. That sounds amazing. Gorged. It was good. It was very buttery. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you didn't know, we do the show each and every day here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Come join us in the chat. There's lots of fun people in the chat, just like Spasmgasm440. Great name. He got to stretch his creative legs with that one, and now he's in the chat, and I shout him out. Just like I'll do you. But if you can't watch live because you got a job or a kid or a job and a kid or your job is to take care of other people's kids, maybe you're a teacher, I don't know. That's cool. We put this on YouTube every day as well. Go there, like the video, uh, subscribe to our channel if you haven't already, and uh, leave a little comment. I like to jump into the comments there and reward people for good behavior. And if you have bad behavior, I secretly stalk you. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, today we have a couple housekeeping things before we go. Of course, today's uh, episode of the Kind of Funny Morning Show is brought to you by the store. Uh, you can go up there right now uh, and get the hoodie. Uh, you can also check out Achievement Hunter's store as well while you're there and get some of their cool stuff. Don't do that. Uh, but the hoodie, by the way, is pre-order. It's a black, it's a, uh, we brought back our black hoodie, which oh, is great. Oh, that's good, yeah. It's got a, instead of a white, it's got a little blue thing. Did we bring it back? I don't think we're Is it one. embroidered or is it screen printed? That I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. We haven't Didn't seen one yet. Didn't mean to We have not seen one in, well, I don't pay attention to a lot of things. For all I know, it could be both. Um, but it is pre-order, so if you guys go there, just be warned. Uh, you're going to pre-order. It's not going to ship for probably a month. And anything else that you put in that pre-order um, is going to be delayed as well. So if you want... No, you can't get this shirt there. But if you want uh, the shirt that I was wearing yesterday, the party mode shirt, uh, then you will have to order that separately if you want that ASAP. If not, just have patience. Because you know what? Everything in life is working too fucking fast anyway. Good things come to those who wait. Exactly. I waited till I was 32 to get married. I'll leave it to you guys to know if that's a good or bad thing. A couple other housekeeping things. The Marvel show we were doing. Are you aware that we're doing this? Jack Patillo. I don't know if you've ever met him before. Great guy. Super good voice. Guy. (laughs) <laughs> we confirm he is a male. Yeah. We have we have spoken to his wife. He does have all the male parts. Uh, he gave us an interesting idea last time we was here. He said, hey, starting the first week of January, if you watch every Marvel film, it will run right up to Infinity War. And Tim, being the person that he is, took that idea, wrote it down, and now we stole it. Made a show And we're it. doing it. Allow me yes. to, uh, to for, in, in, in Tim's defense, to tell like that's not an idea that Jack had. Okay, because Jack doesn't have ideas. Yeah, so that must have been. He, I assume he saw it on Twitter from somebody more talented. Oh, and then so you're not stealing it from him. But to be fair, I haven't had an original idea since like 1987. <laughs> so I. It's a good year for original I will, ideas. I will say jokes, and people in the comments will be like, "You know, you stole that joke from Andrew Dice Clay," and I'm like, "Probably." Yeah. Who knows anymore? Everything is stolen. Everything is stolen. Yeah. It is. There are no uh, new ideas anymore. You just got to put little twists on them. That's what I do. Socialism comedy. It's very true. It's very true. So go over and check that out. We talked about Iron Man for 45 minutes, and it's probably one of my most favorite pieces of content we've done to date. I love deep dives into movies. So what's next? Uh, Next is The Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Okay, you're going sequentially? We have to go sequentially, which is weird because you're seeing... it's, It's like going into a time capsule. You're seeing... Like, the early stages of Marvel Studios before they were bought by Disney. You're also seeing The Incredible Hulk, which was put up by Universal. So you're seeing the difference in the production values and the production, like, looks and, like, it's, it's pretty cool. Are we seeing, the, is it the Eric Bana Hulk? No, that's, that's, that's not considered canon. canon? This okay, is, so that's this not is canonical. That, this, this is, is the Ed Norton Hulk. Ed Norton Hulk? Ed okay. Norton, Liv Tyler Hulk. There was one good thing about that movie. Liv Tyler? Okay, two good things about that movie. <laughs> two good things. Liv, if you're, if you're listening uh, or watching, and I assume you are, I am getting divorced. So, just throwing that out there. Uh... Up. I also sing a mean Steven Tyler. Also, so Steven Tyler, who, if you're watching this, and I assume you are, yeah, I am getting divorced. He's getting divorced. Uh, the, the, the intro to that movie, I don't know if you remember it. 
they cover the Hulk's origin mm -hmm. as the opening credit yeah, sequence. Yeah, I loved that. Which was so great. We had just come off, done so well. off the heels of four hours of Eric Bana mm -hmm. not being the Hulk until, the, until like midway through the movie. So it was nice that they were like, you know what, you fucking, we know this. Similar to like Homecoming where they didn't even address how he yeah, became Yeah, I love that. Thank they, you. That's the first thing I, I think of when I go to a reboot. It's like, do I want to sit through 20 minutes of the beginning of this character again no. for the 10,000th no. I am of the mind that we do not ever need to see Batman or Superman's origin ever again. We get it. The planet blew up. He came to our planet. Yeah. Done. We can cover that just like they did in that movie. I'm actually excited to go back and watch that. And but I'm, it's going to make me sad though that Norton couldn't figure out the contractual stuff with yeah. Marvel. He's because I think he would have been a good. Yeah, he is. Uh, so that's live right now, you guys. Go check that out. Uh, also, help us out if you guys are subscribers to this channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, hey, we have another channel. It's called Kind of Funny Games. YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. We're almost at 230,000 subscribers. So go over there and subscribe for us because we like numbers, even though they really don't mean that much. Subscriber numbers, they're vanity, and I'm all about the facade. It's, uh, it's a bit of an e-penis thing, it's, but it's, 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 there's a reason for that. It's a need for it. It, it fulfills a self-worth thing, right? It does. Yeah. It does. The, yeah, the yeah. more subscribers we have, the less I think about offing myself. There you go. It's okay. I'm, just too, I'm way too egotistical to ever off myself. I wouldn't do that. Please subscribe and keep the bullet out of his mouth. There you go. <laughs> it wouldn't be my bullet. It would be my Taco Bell. I just wanted everyone <laughs> to know that. If I ever, like, I thought about this, I'm like, how, yeah, I would eat myself to death like a like, horse. You're gonna be like uh, the guy sloth, the the sloth killing in seven. Yes. And they just force feed the guy. To well, they're like, who tied him to this table? Like, <laughs> I think he tied himself to this table. It's just a shoestring <laughs> that's keeping him here. Why did he do that? Uh, last piece of housekeeping news, and I've heard you guys. A lot of people are like, oh, you guys talk about housekeeping too long. It's true. We pimp our stuff way too much. But I do want to pimp this because it's near and dear to my heart. Go over to CobbsComedy.com uh, and check out the event that I will be at. I will be there uh, January 11th, doing a comedy showcase there with some other very talented comedians. Uh, none of whom I've met. Actually, one of whom I've met. He's really funny. The rest of the guys I've only heard of, and they're really funny. But if you guys want to come join us live for that, all, the whole cast and crew from here is coming to that to support me, uh, mostly to drink, but somewhat to support me as well. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? Yes. I'm going to. Are you? Mm -hmm. Because Greg said that you were going, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to get my hopes up. I got so excited to find I've been talking to Greg about it for about six months, wanting to see you perform. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he t I said, the next, time, the next time Nick's doing a big one, a big thing, tell me, and I don't care, I'll make it. And so I'm actually going to be in Vegas for CES. Okay. Well, I changed my ticket. I'm leaving early. I'm flying out that day just to see you perform. Oh, thank very you, excited. man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm it's going to be it's going to be a fun night. This is the first time I've uh, I've done a set at an actual comedy club. What so what, what you're doing is uh, in in it's equal measure uh, inspiring and also making me jealous. <laughs> so I want to go and I want to see and uh, I want to be. I, I my my hope is that I could be inspired enough by guys like you and James Williams. That I would someday try it, but I don't know that I'll I ever have. Well, you'd be phenomenal out of it. Oh, it's it. really sweet of you to say. But I don't. First know off, I if you can talk to a panel of like a thousand people, you can do stand up. Absolutely. You think so? Yeah, and you're funny as shit. And you're really smart. Well, thanks. I'm not good at prepared stuff though. But uh, you know, you get. But it's a skill. But like everything else, do, and you do it. So I had a moment where my 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 cousin asked me to be his best man, mm -hmm. and I. Um, and I did that for Gus, but I so, super half-assed it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love my cousin, so I did it <laughs> last summer, and I. Uh, and he was like, you gotta give a speech. And I was like, fuck, I don't wanna give a speech. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I, so I started reading about like what it takes to make a best man speech. And it's, yeah. it's super, it's, it's stand-up comedy, essentially. Oh yeah. So I thought like, can I do five minutes of stand-up comedy about my family and my cousin? And I did it and I prepared it and I, re I, I rehearsed it over a hundred times. And, I, and it, it was a lot of work, but it was fucking 
super rewarding right. and fun and awesome and totally different than what we normally do, which is be as unprepared as possible. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to try the other side. And I had, after that moment, I thought like, I, maybe, maybe I could do it. I, I could do a couple minutes. The thing that's great about the position, and I talked to James when we were at the reunion down mm -hmm. in LA, we were just like, Drinking copious amounts and when you had a lovely time at the reunion because everybody loved it and it was a great. Success. I had a fucking great time. I had a great time, and I don't know if you guys have shared details about what's happening this year, but we better do another one of those. Bad so, uh, do you know what's? Have you, I, I do, but right, I don't know. So I, gonna, I never know if I'm supposed to talk about no, it. Like, well, as that came I, out of my mouth, I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have brought that up. Nick. I really I, should pay attention to meetings. I uh, I love to blow secrets. Yeah, and they'll be like, let's not talk about this, and I go, okay, cool. And then mm -hmm. I immediately go talk about it. Tweet so it I already we haven't. It's not 100 percent official yet, but I've already presented it. There's also a thing you can do at Rooster Teeth. I don't know if it's like this is kind of funny, where if you if you want to do something and people are on the fence or you're not 100% sure, if you tell the audience you're doing it, yeah. they have no choice but mm -hmm. to let you do it. Yeah. So I did that at, uh, in the last off topic of the year. Um, we're doing Let's Play Spring Break. Love it. In sometime in March. And we're all going to rent, like, I want to do it in the Jersey Shore, but logistically I think we're going to do it in California, like somewhere near sure. L.A. And we'll do like a two-day beach house type thing. I love that. Yeah, I hope First off, I love LA. So you, you, you're, <laughs> I guess it's easy for us to get down there, obviously, and all my family. It's easy for there. everybody to get there but us. But yeah. <laughs> fair, fair, fair point. Um, but yeah, I am totally in for that. Okay, I'm excited. I'm blast. But yeah, when I'm I was excited. talking to James, I was like, I'm like, I, I'm just blown away by like watching them do um, uh, on the spot live at RTX last year. Mm -hmm. They did it with I think it was Greg and Tim, and it was James and Bruce. And watching them perform live, I'm like. I'm like James. I love you to death, and you are—you guys are phenomenal on camera. But you got to get on stage. I know, and you're the same kind of guy. Oh, like you have that, and, and I'm not saying this because I think that oh, this is going to open up all sorts of career opportunities. You don't need this. You're already very successful in your own right. <laughs> but that's part of the fun of it, right? Is that it's, you don't? It's it's more about just challenging yourself personally and growing as an artist. I, two things which. Uh, I totally uh, ascribe to, and uh, now, now that I'm sober and uh, I have my mental faculties back, and I'm not like distracted by sure. just wanting to be drunk at all times, I find that I have uh, just so much creative energy and uh, like fidgety creative energy that I, I want to do like a thousand things at once at all times, mm -hmm. and that's so far up on the list. I actually have been kind of soft pitching to Rusty. This is another thing I. One of the things I probably shouldn't talk about. Yeah, uh, and, let's I, get it out there, and, and, and get it out there. It's, and I, it's, my idea is that if the audience likes the idea, they'll tweet Matt and Bernie a bunch, and then they won't have any choice yeah. but to make it. I would love. We have that RT Docs department mm -hmm. where we did like we're doing like the Jessica Negri documentary about like cosplay oh, comes out awesome. comes out this month or okay, next cool. month. Um, Sometime soon, I'm not sure what the release date is, but we did, you know, we did like the unconnected one or disconnected one where like Barbara couldn't use Twitter Phones for a week. Or, yeah. And uh, we did the tattoo one about me and Gus did the one where he goes to conventions and like dressed up like Abe Lincoln. And they've done a lot of really funny, clever stuff. I think an awesome, awesome documentary would be, and part of why I want to see you is so that I can come back and talk about how awesome it was and sell it to Rooster because I haven't officially pitched it. I think we should do a documentary that follows you and James uh, and your stand-up uh, oh, I, I would absolutely love that. And, and my selling point is if Rooster Teeth bites or if I can get them to it, I will agree, even though I'm super scared to do it, to be a part of it and, like, from step one, like, try to figure out what the fuck being a stand-up comedian is and, and actually try to perform. And I'm sure I would bomb. No, but I, I mean, would... so, I'll, yes, but you will love it. Yeah? Yes, because I've gotten to a point now where I actually, I don't, no one actually enjoys bombing, but you get to a point where you're so comfortable that you can just have fun no matter what, and that's, I love this idea. 
Okay. We should definitely cool. I love the idea yeah. too. I really do. And I want, I'm and I, I know like the the, the one thing because the cool thing about this, by the way, is that you you're in Austin, which is mm-hmm. a hotbed for stand-up. Okay. James is in LA, which is obviously like yeah. the mecca of stand-up. And the San Francisco scene is actually pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. So being able to show the differences between those scenes, and if you want to get super deep with it, being able to show the differences through like politically through those scenes yeah. is gonna be fascinating too, right? Yeah. Because like San Francisco is probably the most far left liberal thing, which you would think would be great for comedy, but it's actually not. No, I can imagine it be Actually, for comedy, it's like anathema to comedy, right? Yeah, <laughs> you like, can't be offensive to anything. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. It's like you think you in a place where they champion free speech, you'd be able to say whatever you want yeah. in the guise of comedy on stage and not be judged, no. but it sure doesn't feel that way. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating. And also, um, I don't know if uh, they, they've been telling you, but my one of my goals is to get into Cobbs, which I've gotten, but the next club that's the uh, like one of the prestigious clubs is the Punchline. That's like the most, one of the most historic clubs in San Francisco and you have to like, it's hard to get in there, it's hard to become a regular there. So that's my next goal for myself is to be able to do sets there and then get an audition to be uh, a recurring regular there. How long, is it okay to talk about this? Am I taking you off, I'm not taking you off? We got or anything? a Netflix story today. Um, and to, spoilers, people just joined this because they got nothing better to do in the morning most of the time. They're like, I don't want to work right now, so let's talk to Nick. I just I, I'm just interested in the in the nuts and bolts of it. Like, how long is your set, your standard? Set right now, I probably have a good eight minutes. Eight minutes, okay. Yeah. Which is good because I got booked on Cobbs and I looked and there was it's a ninety minute show and there was only six of us on the flyer and I was like, if I did the math on that, that's fifteen <laughs> minutes. And I started freaking out. You did Literally, the twice. like I actually went to the messenger where I was booked and mm-hmm. I, I got I found the guy that was organizing in the group message and I just messaged him. I was like, hey, you know, like how much time are we getting? And he's like, oh, eight minutes. I'm like, fantastic. Because had he said 15, I'd have been like, Tim had a great idea. He's like, 15, just do eight minutes, and then eight minutes of Q&A. <laughs> like, we do a panels. Who has questions? Let's line up in the middle here. Let's talk to me. <laughs> we do like a punk show where you like, oh, we've only got 15 minutes of music, so we'll just we'll just play our whole set three times. Yeah, yeah just keep yeah. doing it again. Hey, guys, yeah. I'm going to go into it one more time. Um, no, I have I have a bunch of jokes, but but that's part of the fun of the process is paring them down and figuring out what works and just and killing your darlings and like I, I had a joke about Catholic molestation that I was like I think this is so funny but no one ever Please. laughed at it so I just had to kill it do you uh now what is it how do you, I'm, I'm in awe of the the ability to sit down and write a joke I mean I guess I was able to do it for that for that best man thing right. but it was about my family mm-hmm. and so it was for an audience that was predetermined to sure like, but everyone has a family I right? guess that's true I mean, I got, I got five that. minutes of hilarity I mean, about Christ, a gay cousin, if you want to hear You got a gay cousin? Um, you're, I mean, you're getting divorced right now. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you got kids. You got all these things. You run like, a business. I'm kind of, because like, I would... You deal with Michael? I do. So. I consider myself uh, conversationally funny. Yeah. Right? Like, I think I can be funny off the cuff, and like, you and I can have a conversation, I can probably make you laugh, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, and you would definitely make 100%. me laugh. 100%. But that, that's, it's such a different skill set. Then, then to, to translate that into prepared material, I, how do you write a joke? Like, what is that process like for you? There's a lot of different. I mean, for me, it's it's more observational humor with a little stinger at the end. Mm-hmm. So, and I never sit down to write. That's the one thing I don't okay. do. I don't. I can't. I've never. I can sit down to write narrative stuff. Like if I sit every night for an hour in front of my computer, I could sit and, and do story beats for a screenplay or whatever. But I cannot sit and write jokes. I have to be in my car. I have to be in my shower. I have yeah. to be walking. I have to be at a gig where I will say something or right before I go. Like, I write a lot of my ritual right before I go up because it's that, like, fight or flight mechanism where you're like, I need to think, I need to think, and I'll do tags for my jokes right as I go up. And then generally I do a lot of writing into voicemail as I'm driving away from open mics. Okay. Because I will be so inspired yeah. by, like, the juice of what I just did that I'll be like, oh, i got to do this, this, and this. Do you live in fear? It's kind of what we talked about. We, we touched on it earlier, but I think it's got to be especially difficult for comedians. Do you live in fear that you accidentally steal material by osmosis? Just like being around other comedians 
and it just kind of seeps in, like seeps in. You don't intentionally take their material. Like I'd be so scared. Mm. Like I actually, I don't like to solicit ideas from, because we get a lot of unsolicited ideas mm-hmm. from the audience, and we always have since day one of Red versus Blue. And we, like Bernie and I especially, have like tried to kind of sequester ourselves away from that, not because we don't want to hear other people's creative ideas, but because we don't want to accidentally take steal something. Steal something. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, that would be the worst thing in the world to me. Um, I don't really think about that that often. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I've heard, I've like, I'll get some ideas from other people's bits, but only that it'll spark. Like, someone will talk about, uh, well, I had one of my friends talk about how she's a squirter. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, I like that word. That word's yeah. funny. And so I'll yeah. go off on a tangent on that. But I never, I don't really live too much about that. Mostly because out of all the people that I hear, and this is something you'll discover if you start doing open mics, is that it's the same 30 comedians everywhere you go. And so right. I can literally repeat people's sets back to them. Yeah. So I know it's their joke. Yeah, More often than not. There's only a few, there's, there's a couple times when like on a show I'll say something and be like, wait a minute, I didn't come up with that. And then I'll go back in the lexicon and go deep, 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 go, nope, you stole that from Andrew Dice Clay. Or, oh, you stole that from Eddie Murphy. Or, oh, that was, that, that was someone else's joke. I catch myself too, like, I saw, because I love stand-up, right? And I, lo- I, like, I, I study stand-up and I study sketch comedy uh, almost like homework mm-hmm. because uh, I just am fascinated by it. And I, I feel like it can only help our craft and what we do. 100%. At, like, even like podcasting and all that shit. Um, but, uh, so I was watching some stand-up in Honolulu a couple years ago, and this guy did a set that was like, the raw material was so great, and his delivery, and his structure was so wrong, that I rewrote his whole set <laughs> when I got back to the hotel, and I thought, this is twice as funny, and then I thought, I gotta give this to this guy, and then I thought, what a rude thing to do, so I yeah, just threw it away. Maybe, and I, I mean, also didn't want to steal it, but it was like, it was like video game based stuff, he's talking about Minecraft and some other shit, and dealing with his kid, and video games, and I was like, oh, this would be funnier if he did this, and this, and this, and I was punching it up, and then I thought, he would really appreciate, he would hate me for sending this. Fuck maybe, now. maybe, like, I don't know, that's yeah. the thing, I mean, like, I give people tags every once in a while, yeah. like, hey, I think you should tag your joke with this, or I think this is a better punchline, or whatever, because I think it's a great setup. That's my number one thing that I see a lot uh, is that people have really great premises. Mm-hmm. They got great setups, but it's not the actual joke. Yeah. The joke should come with some level of uh, commentary or something that makes you think, right? So if you're like, like, if I just go out there, I'm like, man, all Uber drivers really don't know how to drive. Okay. What, and? What, and yeah. right? but, um, but more often than not, that's what I see people go like, man, Uber sucks. I just got an Uber and this guy didn't even know how to drive. <laughs> what, okay. Well, what about like? Let's explore yeah, that, right? Yeah. So, so I think that there are people out there that every once in a while, if you can, if you can approach them and say like, "Hey, I think it'd be funny if you're like, maybe it's the first time driving ever, or maybe they don't speak like you know, they don't speak any languages. They just don't I, even speak human at all. I don't know. I what imagine are you say? like once you're in the scene and you're seen, like you're viewed as a peer and you're like in that circuit, that 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 well, kind of like, that kind of exchange of ideas is a lot more common. Definitely, I it's, think it's ego, right? Yeah. It's, it's if I know you, we're good enough friends at this point where I could be like, hey. I could I could feel free to be like I think it's funnier if you tweak this, and you're not going to be like, oh, that's not intimidating to me. That's that's just Nick giving me a, you know. So let me ask you a question idea. then. Have and this is kind of a sort of off topic to what we're talking about, but it, it comes back in. Um, have you seen the Amazon show? The I don't know what it's called, the Marvelous Miss Maisie. My or wife whatever? watched that, okay. and uh, she she was like, you got to watch this because it's basically the same thing you're going through right now. So it's loosely based off of, as I understand it, and this was like anecdotally somebody told me this, but it makes sense. It's supposedly like very like loosely based off John Rivers. And okay, her life that makes becoming sense. a stand-up. And I, I heard that going into it, and it rings true, so I think it's probably true. But it is her like trying to help her husband become a stand-up, realizing that he's not talented, and then becoming a stand-up on her own. Mm-hmm. And it's her journey. And I found it I'm only four episodes in, but it's fascinating. Yeah. And you might you might appreciate it. Now my wife and said the same like thing. Said the same yeah, thing. Yeah, she was like, it's really good, you should definitely watch this. And that's the thing, like, for so long. 
uh, and I think it plays into a little deeper portion of my psyche. I stayed away from things like that because mm -hmm. I would push those away from me not wanting to be inspired because I wasn't doing it, you yeah, know? So yeah. it was one of those things like, I'll do it on my own. And only recently as of the past year, I've been like, no, you have to immerse yourself in these things. You have to be willing to like, see other people succeed and be inspired by that and not intimidated by that. And I would take it even as far as be like, I wouldn't watch comedy specials because mm -hmm. I wanted to do stand up, which is so fucking antithetical, right? Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I would be like, I, cause I'm jealous of these people, right? They get, they went and they followed a dream. They followed so something jealous. they wanted to do. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I'll stay away under the guise of, well, I just want to write my own stuff and I don't want to be inspired by these people. Now I flip the script where I'm like, I want to dive in. I want to be, I want to be around people that are so much more talented than me, but I want to be sitting next to them and I want to be talking to them and I want to be getting inspired by them. Because for me, like once I jumped in, I'm like, oh, this is a lifelong thing. This mm -hmm. is not something I'm gonna do for like a month and be like, that was cool, I did it. This is probably this is something I want to do until they keep, they have to like Richard Pryor me, reel me up on fucking stage and like tape the mic to my chest, right? Because yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. And it's really rewarding. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to it, like it's not something that I need. It's something that I like and I yeah. want. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's it's you should do it. Okay. I think yeah. maybe I will. If I can convince Rusty to, to make it into a documentary or something, I would do You know what you should do? Just go I mean, it's gonna be a little harder for you because obviously in Austin you're very, very like way more well known in Austin than I am in San Francisco. I don't know about that, but yeah. So you have to get over that, but Honestly, like it's it's one of those things you should just go check out some open mics and see how you mm -hmm. feel and get a get a cup of coffee like I do and be that guy that's like, I don't drink, so just have a cup of coffee or do whatever you gotta do yeah. and, and just watch them and, and see. And, the, and and it takes all the sting out of uh, the intimidation away. Hey. What's up? What's up, dude? Oh hello. How you doing? Good to see you. Hi. Hey. Hey Joe. For anyone wondering, my baby is back. Everything is okay. They weren't wondering. I left this in an Uber. Things have been really bad if you've been following on Twitter. I have not. I have I not. Tim's so stressed out in my entire life. <laughs> it was about an hour it was gone. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. Oh, I'm glad your baby's back. Tall Gamer in the chat says, I bet Nick is going to leave kind of funny and do stand-up. Nope, won't do that. Why would, why would I? No need to when you can do both. Here's, here's, here's the ultimate goal. Do you want to know the ultimate goal? Is that kind of funny produces stand-up specials for me and for anyone else that wants to do that, right? The thing you guys have to realize about kind of funny is this is the foundation. This is the, this is the bed upon which everyone jumps and has fun. Mm -hmm. Maybe has sex on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't under do anymore. I'm married. Well, I like. I like. 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 It's like D12. I don't know if you know the hip hop group D12. I don't. Like. Okay. They were. They were kind of popular in the in the early 2000s. Eminem is a member of it. Sure. I did not. Know Eminem's that. still a member of D12. Right. Mm -hmm. he, he does Eminem stuff, but every but they're all still like it's still the Avengers or the oh, Justice yeah. League together. Yeah. And that's what I love about groups like Kind of Funny and Rooster Teeth and Achievement Hunter and whoever. Just us three. Uh, yeah. The rest of them are just shit. But it's like in in. If you're able to, if you're lucky enough to be able to work in a in a in a company like we have, or even luckier to be able to create a company like we have, then you'll realize that there's no need to leave. No. Like anything that you do in your life, that's like like I assume maybe I shouldn't, but I assume that every day you get up and it's like I'm gonna go to work today and uh, I'm, uh, today it's like every day is like a day at the blowjob. Every yeah, every, yeah. Well, it's not quite that good, but every day I get up, I think to myself, oh, I don't want to go to work, and then I remember, oh, I'm not. Going to work. Yeah, I don't actually go to work. You this don't, is not right? work. Like and this so, is fun. I get to be on camera. I get to talk to you. Like if this you want to do something awesome. crazy, like wish fulfillment, then you just find a way to do it within you know, and have your this amazing community and company and friends and coworkers support it. Yeah, there's no absolutely. need to, to go off. Yeah. Absolutely, that's part of that. That's and that's and that's a growing pain, obviously, of, of doing your own business. But then you realize that the strength of what you have here is the support you get from the community and from your coworkers mm -hmm. and. 
literally it just takes a little bit like because I had I, I would think about that a lot too when we first started this where I'm like I want to go make movies I want to do this and I'm not sure if I want a podcasting is a thing for me and then I just a, a, a switch flipped where I was like wait a minute why can't I do all of that through kind of funny if it's a creative endeavor like because one of the things that was huge for me was realizing that like the people in the chat right now the people that are watching this they don't necessarily care so much about the final product as they do about the process and the mm -hmm. journey that you're going through, right? And that's what we are, or at least that's what I consider myself, and I would say you guys are the same thing. It's like, your Let's Plays are awesome, but they like following you guys. They like hearing you guys on the podcast. They like watching the process of Red versus Blue. They like, they like understanding how that all works together and having a holistic view of it, and then seeing the final and being like, I know more than the, uh, the guy that just watched this does, because I've been following these guys for a really long time. I think it's the beauty of the connected generation that we live in, too. It's like, growing up as a kid, I was like the world's biggest Star Wars fan, as we all were, mm -hmm. right? Never in my life did I, did I, A, did I know what the process was like to make a Star Wars, yeah. right? I had no, no clue. Or, and B, I never thought like, I love George Lucas, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna talk to right. him. Right, you would never have thought, as a kid in the 80s, I would never have thought. I saw George Lucas once in a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, because he lives, in, he lives up uh, okay. in Marin County. Yeah, yeah. He was at the Barnes and Noble in, in Corte Madera. Right, and this is, I mean, it's still there actually. It mm -hmm. was one of the very few bookstores. And I looked over and I saw this elderly man with a beard, all white, obviously glasses, fixing a Star Wars display. It was one of the round tables that had all these books on it. And he was just, he was kind of like casually like just arranging them. And like, this is obviously prior to the sell of Disney's a few years ago. And I looked over and I was like, oh, that's nice. That old guy's like must work here. I thought, I thought he was like a senior citizen that had gotten a job here. And then, and my wife's like, that's fucking George Lucas. <laughs> and I froze, and then he walked away, and I was like, I should go tell him thank you for all of my for childhood. Every, yeah, for everything. Didn't do it. Um, but that, that's, what I, that's what I like about the power of social media and what we do, it's like, and, and like one of the, like the like primary principles of Rooster Teeth as a company, and I think most of the, the groups that we work with, it's like, what we're doing isn't rocket science, no. and a lot of it is us figuring it out as we go, right? Breaking new new ground in in a way, and um, man, Jeff tattoos are no, they're not sick. They're I'm super healthy. Uh, and uh, I think about like sick. <laughs> I love showing the world the process. I want to show as much as possible as we can to show that like everything that we do, everything that is doable, it's achievable. There's nothing special about you or me or anybody in here, uh, other than that you know we we were able to find like-minded people and take a bit of a risk and. Um, and thank God or whoever we were rewarded for it, uh, and continue to be so with your support. But like, I want—I desperately want everybody that enjoys a let's play we do, or a cartoon we do, or a podcast you do, to be able to see as much of the process as possible, so it's not scary and to go like, oh, it's not—it's not that hard, you know? No, like I, I could do that. I mean, and you know, I may not do, I may not be amazing at it on day one, but like they weren't either. You know? And that's—that is the thing for me. It's just not that a black for box. so long, for so long, creatively, mm -hmm. I was confined by the idea that the first thing I did out of the gate had to be the thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you don't realize until you get a little bit more perspective in life and you see other people's products grow that there is no such thing as an overnight star. Mm -hmm. right? Actually, you guys are probably the closest thing possible to it, right? With your stories about the first episode we, of Red yeah, versus we, we was, It was you like guys, a right place, right time situation. Right, you hit lightning. First. But yeah. knowing you guys and hearing the stories after that of what it took to build this thing that you have and how you get pallets shipped to your front yard and like, and you're like, what the fuck are we, or server costs of like thousands of dollars that first month and understanding that there were so many challenges that went into building what you guys have now, years, 
to so, get to where you're at right now. It's honestly... It's actually relieving. It's, it's, it's honestly, Nick, the hardest thing, like people think that first success isn't, isn't actually the hardest thing. The hardest thing is what you do after that first success. Sustainability, yeah. Sustainability and like, like, and everybody has to have, everybody goes to that, that situation where they, they have that first hit and they have their sophomore release and it, ours was The Strangerhood and it doesn't resonate, mm-hmm. you know? And like, how do you recover from that and how do you, how do you maintain and sustain and, and hopefully grow from from that first hit or or like creative burst that you have, and that is like that's the thing that's was difficult. Now it's like everything is a is, is muscle memory at some point. And yeah, you build up a stamina. Yeah. It's, it's not hard now. It's very it's like second nature to you. But uh, but yeah, that was like that's the the like the the secret sauce there is like how do you follow up the the first thing? You do know? you think like so when you write stories, right? When you guys write when when you watch movies, I always think that the the most important. Similar to why people love uh, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Stick with me. This is a bit of a waft. It's best but, like, movie ever made. but it's the best movie ever made because it's the struggle. It's the middle part of the story, right? It's the part that, and maybe you don't understand this, maybe you don't think about it, but the second act of every movie is always the most fascinating because mm-hmm. it's always where the character gets the challenges and has to overcome them. Except the climax. The Last Jedi, which there was no second act there. We're not, you know what? Uh, Tim, not, not to, Tim, not is, that, Tim has asked me to stop talking about The Last I'm Jedi. Not, I'm not people in the about chat it, has. But it is not, it is not. In the in that trilogy, it is not it does not fill that role. Right, correct. Which is just I, I thought it was storytelling wise was odd, but I'm not again on the whole tangent. We'll get we'll we'll talk about that off camera because people in the comments have asked me very politely <laughs> to stop bashing the Last Jedi, and I have I've heard you guys, so I will stop for now. Uh, it, be, just because it ruined my childhood doesn't mean I have to ruin yours. Um, but yeah, so I mean, do you think that's why maybe like you're you're looking at stand up as a potential like hey, this is maybe the next challenge? Maybe are you craving that process again? I think you kind of always are. Um, for me, it's like, personally, I uh, I have blown through my bucket list mm-hmm. a few times over, and now it's like, you just gotta, like, you gotta challenge yourself. Get a deeper bucket. Get, you gotta get a deeper yeah. bucket, come up with other stuff. You gotta challenge yourself and uh, and come up with, like, challenge yourself to, to, to continue to be creative and not to... I don't know, not to not to die on the vine and dwindle mm-hmm. and, and not to become complacent. And it would be very easy for me to just fucking play video games six hours a day for the rest of my life. If yeah. I wanted to go the, and this is, this is not meant to be an insult in any way, but if I wanted to go the really, like, the easiest, like, lowest, effort's not the right word, but, like... Yeah, zero challenges, zero obstacles I in your life. I could just stream five hours a day, yeah. you know? And then I don't have to edit or anything. You just, mm-hmm. like... But uh, I don't want to... Maybe it's a component of age, but, like, I, I like... I like flying by the seat of my pants. I like the fear of failure. I like, I like having an idea, thinking I don't know how to do that. Can we do that? That's too hard. That's right. like, that's ridiculous. And then going like getting over that little that little initial bump of fear and uh, and figuring out how to do it. And you know, a lot of times you swing for the fences and you miss. But every once in a while, you get to be Nick Scarpino and you get to be up on stage. Hey, I'm on stage in front of like Since last night in front of comedian. two people. Two people I was on stage in front of last night. And by stage, I mean uh, a carpet right by a piano. There was no stage. I was at a community you center in Daly City. Night? I did. I would have gone. I didn't know. It was, uh, performance is a strong word. I did a five-minute set in front of three people, and two of them were comics. But it doesn't matter. Keep, <laughs> i got to keep it fresh. My goal for uh, going into Thursday is I want to come in hot. I want to come in having yeah. done mics every <clears throat> night. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. i got two stories. Actually. By the way, I love, I, I wanted to comment on what you just said. I love that you said, can, like, can we do this? 
uh, I forgot, I love your thought process, and you're like, can we do this? Is this even possible? But at no point you said, should we do this? Because you, we, in your brain, you're like, we're going to do this. Like, there's Once no, the idea, there's no there's question no, there's of no like, question. should we do it? It's similar to like the Let's Play reunion where you're like, I don't know, I wanted to do this, so we did it. Yeah. It wasn't like, should we do this? Is this the right thing? You're like, no, this sounds fun, let's do it. It's a compulsion. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking awesome. Um, I, uh, I used Got to- Got me to LA, I partied with <laughs> fucking you and Barb for like two days, it was awesome. And this is why, uh, this is why performing to, to three people I think is fine. Uh, and for I, I mean it's, it's fine for a lot of reasons, but I, I always I try to remember this. And, and when I've been lucky in that I've been around talented people my whole life uh, via luck or I don't know why, but I used to roadie for this very popular punk band, ska punk band back in the '90s, and so I would do these nationwide tours with them, and they would play for, to 2,000 kids, and they would play to 100 kids, you know, wherever. We were in New Mexico. And we played what I would consider to be the worst show I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, we went, and this high school ska band opened up for us, and there was like 20 kids there. Mm-hmm. And then they got off the stage, and the entire group left, except for one kid. And then my guys came up and played. And they're like in a major indie label, and they're kind of a big deal, and they're doing this for a living. And they played a show, one of the better shows they played, to one kid. And I talked to them after, and I'm like, God, that must have been depressing. And they're like... No, man, it's like we had one fan. I, so I couldn't tell them what actually happened. But uh, they're like, that kid is just as important to me as if there's 100 kids in the audience. I just We're, we're here to entertain whoever yeah. we can entertain. Yeah. We, so we gave the best show that we could to that one kid. What I didn't tell them is after, and I guess if, they're probably not watching this. But uh, <laughs> I guarantee years, they're not. They, uh, <laughs> I went to that kid because I was like, I was the roadie, but I was like sold merch and stuff, ran the merch booth. And after they played, he was kind of standing around. And I went to him and I said, hey, man, I really appreciate you sticking around. That was really cool. If you want a free CD or something, I'll just give you a, I'll give you a shirt or yeah. a CD or something. And he goes, I don't want anything. And I go, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I just, we really appreciate the support. And he goes, I'm not supporting you. And I go, what? He goes, my friends left me and my mom is at work and I can't get a ride home. So I'm stuck here. And I go, Okay. <laughs> but awesome. that's but that's the thing. There's two ways of looking at that, right? One <laughs> is that there was a person there that didn't want to be there that was watching you. The other is you got an opportunity to convert a fan. Yeah. To make well, someone a fan did, of you. Yeah. Nah, probably not, but you gotta try. All right, let's do a couple news stories here before we wrap up since we are 38 minutes of a great discussion. God, I wish you were sticking around. I wish we could have got you on the podcast yesterday. I'm um, sorry. No, it's not well, a problem. I'll be here next week for your show. Fantastic. I get in at like noon or something. Let's figure that out. 10 a.m. Because yeah. I want to continue this discussion there. Uh, cool, Greg, can you bring up this first news story real quick? Yeah, we had a little technical issue yesterday, so I can't tell whether or not the series are up, but I fantastic. Netflix sets Batman director Matt Reeves sixth in Idaho uh, in multi-year exclusive first look deal. This is yet another uh, bullet in the chamber of Netflix trying to kill every major studio out there with their amazing content. Amazing content. This is an exclusive from Deadline. The story reads: In the latest bold step for the movie division of Netflix, the company has made one of its most significant overall deals with an A-list feature filmmaker, Matt Reeves, who moved from the War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, into writing and directing the next solo Batman movie for Warner Brothers and DC is birthing his sixth in Idaho banner to a deal that will give Netflix an exclusive first look at any feature films that Reeves wants to produce and or direct through his production company. Reeves, sixth in Idaho, uh, moves into deal moves into deal from Fox. Um, so I guess he was developing it for Fox with some mm-hmm. other properties and then Netflix said, hey, do it with us. Now, of course, this is hot on the heels of uh, Netflix just announcing that there's a Bright sequel. Bright, of course, was a movie with David, uh, directed by David Ayer. Watched it, yep. Uh, uh, starring Will Smith. Uh, $90 million reported budget for this movie. $90 million. million people watched it opening weekend. Is that confirmed? When, when the, yeah. I read, That's I read crazy. That. They, they, they had 15 million Netflix customers watch it in the first week, or weekend or week. Yeah. This is so wild to me because obviously, like, for a lot of people who, who don't 
like weren't born in the 80s and weren't trapped in the 80s, I should say. We this is so not how it used to work, right? Like the fact that you're getting for like Netflix is at a place where they can offer first look deals to AAA directors like like David Ayer or like uh, uh, Matt Reeves. You brought up Shondaland. Shonda Ryan's doing some mm-hmm. stuff for them as well. Uh, Letterman's got a new show there. The fact that they can do this is really like. Make no bones about this. I, this is them saying to Hollywood, y- your fucking days are numbered. I know, absolutely. And I just read, I just read the other day that uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon has a production company. I think it's called Hella Sunshine or Hey Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, Sunshine. Like and she just signed a big deal with Apple because you know Apple's getting into the game of original mm-hmm. content now too, and they've got like eight billion dollars to spend. Fucking, I just saw yesterday Will Smith just launched a YouTube channel for vlogs. <sighs> Like, it's, it's, it's it. And the reason these people, and by the way, Matt Reeves is a lot like Matt Holm there. It's freaking me out. It's freaking me out. I know. Um, I saw that too. <laughs> the reason people are doing this is because you can get shit made at Netflix. Yep. You can get it made at Amazon. You can get it made at Hulu because they have the money and they, they're not bogged down by a traditional studio system right. and all the bullshit. And, like, why wouldn't you go, if you're Will Smith, why wouldn't you go make, I don't know if you saw Bright? I yeah. did. I did. Yeah. I liked it enough. I thought enough. it was fine. It was Will Smith being Will Smith. It definitely Smith. felt like a triple A movie it for sure. It definitely felt like a triple A movie. And it's the first time they've done that. I watched all the Adam Sandler movies that they made, which all had pretty decent <laughs> did budgets. Did you watch the Kevin James movies too? I didn't watch the Kevin James movie. Don't. Those Adam Sandler movies <laughs> that I went, like, oh, that's a, yeah, a made for TV movie. That's yeah. A, that's a made for whatever movie. This was like Joe Dirt too. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't get through it. I tried. I, I wanted I tried to. to. I was like, fuck, this um, is terrible. But uh, I think I was on like Crackle, right? But, uh, but you watch, whether you liked. Bright or not, you you have to admit that that movie looked like it blown in the theater. Oh yeah, and it was awesome. And yeah. I, and I bet you, I don't know for sure, but I would I would wager that the production cycle of that movie was half of what it would have been in a traditional studio. Guarantee it was. Yeah. And um, and it's obviously like I think it, it's pretty transparent that that's going to be like a, a calling card for them, right? Mm-hmm. For everyone that's out there for for the Will Smiths and the David Ayers and being like, hey, this is what we did. This is what we can do. This yeah. is easy. And guess it, what? This is where the world's going. Like, I love movies. And every time I sit in a movie theater, it is like a religious experience for me because I know the days are numbered. I love sitting there. I love all the reclining chairs. I think it's great. But spoilers, th- th- it's not going to work. Eventually, mm-hmm. they're going to go away. And Netflix is going to reign supreme. Netflix, Amazon, and Apple will be, in 20 years, the studios. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I've, I've, you know, I benefit from, I, I've, I've nerd the benefits of, of the success of Rich Teeth and that I get to be... Uh, and I don't. We don't talk about it a lot, but I get to be in a lot of interesting meetings in Hollywood and other places mm-hmm. uh, about what we do with more traditional people. And I've talked to a lot of talented creators. Um, and I wish I could be more open about this, but because uh, you know you have like I don't deals, want you spoiling yeah. any deals, yeah, um, please. And a lot well, of let's play Family Union's a different story. We can we can do whatever we want with that. But I've talked to some talent and some people that make stuff: producers, directors, uh, artists who you've seen on TV and in movies and stuff, and. You talk to them and you go, and you're like, you're in this moment, like in this meeting across a, a table from somebody that you've, that's actually famous and successful. And you're like, why are we having this conversation? Yeah. You know, like, why am I, how did I get in why this table? Why am I in this room? Yeah, how, why am I in this room? And the answer is 100% every time, because y'all make stuff. Yeah. Because you, because if I, if I were to talk, I'm talking to you because you make something. Mm-hmm. You make it. And we can't get anything made in a traditional studio model, a model in LA anymore, in Hollywood anymore. And it's so, like every the studios are terrified, right? But every creator in in that traditional model is looking towards what people like you are doing in this room because you make it. Yeah. You get it done. You have an idea and that idea sees a lot of day. You don't spend seven or eight or ten years trying to convince somebody to let you make 
whatever it is. I just read a, uh, I was watching Total Recall last night, because... The original or the remake? The original. Okay. I, I didn't see the remake, so... Uh, actually, it wasn't that bad. Um, but I was watching the original because, uh, jokingly, we put it on during our anniversary stream on, on Monday, and I was like, oh, I haven't watched this movie in forever. It's good One movie. of my favorite things to do is, obviously, when you're watching a movie you've seen about a thousand times, I read the IMDb trivia mm-hmm. as I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And that movie took forever. I think they sold the rights to the movie, the, the, I think the Philip K. Dick estate, or maybe he was alive back then, sold the rights in 76 to get that made into a movie. Mm-hmm. It went through Dino De Laurentiis' company, who then went bankrupt, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger came in and had Carl, Carl, Carl Co., I think is what it was, buy them to make it a movie for him. So yeah. they bought the rights out. But that whole process took like 10 years until they went into production. And it went through like five directors, five writers. At one point, Dave, uh, David Cronenworth, Cronenberg, David Cronenberg was supposed to direct it. Oh, All sorts of crazy that shit. Would have yeah, been very interesting. It would have been nuts, right? And it went from a Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark style movie to a, the science fiction Paul Verhoeven movie that you see. It's so, so weird. Think about like that. the That's one that wild. I think of all the time is you take a guy like look at a guy like like Terry Gilliam, right? Yeah, huge success, like a list talent, has had a tremendous career, has been trying to get Don Quixote made for like twenty years, and he can't get it made. Weird. And it may finally get made, but I can't like. I can't fathom that. I can't fathom being, you know, Sylvester Stallone talked about it. I heard him on Howard Stern a couple years ago. He had that resurgence where he did the Rambo and the Rocky again. And he talked about how hard it was for him to get those made. fucking wild. And he had to make the Expendables to get, to to build up enough enough cash and gravitas to be able to make Guaranteed home runs in Rambo, and I I mean, I don't know their home runs. I'm pretty sure they probably made their money back. I'm pretty sure they did well. Um, And like you think like a guy like Sylvester Stallone, fucking Sylvester Stallone, can't get his movie made, and his it's not even like it's not a new untested property, it's another Rambo. Yeah, and it's, it's not Rambo, like we haven't heard of Rambo, like Rambo. Right? and Rocky. And he talks about how he can't get it made, and he made the expendables so that he could make the other movies. He wasn't mm-hmm. like a I, I to say it's a necessary evil for him, I think it's too strong because I think he probably enjoyed that process, and I, I think those are actually really fun, dumb movies. Um, and I'm sure he enjoyed making them, but like that was a that was a vehicle for him to be able to to be able to make his passion project, which is the shit that he was already doing. Yeah, that he lost the ability to make somehow in the process. It's nuts to me. Uh, I heard an interview with Guillermo del Toro when he was talking about the Shape of Water, mm-hmm. and one of the things they talk he talks about where he has he was like I'm you know obviously he's I think he's got to be in the 60s at this point, and he's made all these movies, Pacific mm-hmm. Rim, all these things. Yeah, and he'd been trying to get Shape of Water off the ground for a while, and he said when he finally got the financing for it, they offered him like half of what he wanted to do to make the movie. So I think it was only made for like $19 million or something like that, but he needed like 50. Mm-hmm. And he talked to his producing partner and was like, why? He's like, fuck it. Let's just do what we used to do when we were young, when we were hungry, when we wanted to get shit made, and let's just scale the project down to whatever the budget is. And guess what? It's still, I haven't seen it, but everyone that's watched it said it's really, really good. It's, I think it just got nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge, he, he's a, I think he, I find him to be a very polarizing I was. He's, I'm not a huge. I should say I'm not, not a huge Guillermo del fan. I, I, everyone loves Pan's Labyrinth, and I was like, it didn't hate, resonate with I me. I absolutely hated Pan's. Didn't Labyrinth. resonate with me. But I loved. Didn't Kronos. like Pacific Rim either. I love. Pacific Rim was okay with. I hate. I loved. I don't know if you ever saw Devil's Backbone. No. That was uh, one of his first films. Um, and but the you, thing you burned I burned me once and with your first movie that I watched. I'm probably not going to go through the back I'm catalog. Not, I'm not a huge fan of his stuff, but I appreciate what he does. I think he's visually he's phenomenal. But the yeah, thing we'll see what he does with Death Stranding or whatever he's going to do with that. I don't know. The 
the, 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 the tonality, the thing that I hear about it is that it feels like his original like Spanish language films, his non-English films. That's just it feels like a return to his roots. That's so it's cool. interesting to hear you say that because that's I guess that is uh, is resonating with people that are watching it, and that's a positive thing. Like he literally was like, I had to go back. We had because he used to do a lot of visual effects when he mm-hmm. first started out, and he was like all the underwater stuff. He's like, we couldn't afford a tank, so yeah. we had to, we had to go old school, fill the room with smoke, put particles in it digitally, yeah. and that was underwater and like digital bubbles and stuff. All I can think of when I see that movie and why I probably won't. See see it is uh it looks like creature from the black lagoon meets splash yeah I mean, well everyone and then people are literally saying it is splash yeah it is a and splash it's like remake. i'm sorry but if it doesn't have john candy um you know. well i don't think it's gonna have john candy have john sadly candy. sadly could, so we could still uh, get daryl hannah though and we could get uh get tom, tom hanks, hanks if yeah. we wanted to uh next quick news story and then we'll go into psl of this best for next so this is something that from yesterday that i meant I don't know why we didn't talk about this yesterday, but it kind of goes along with what we're saying today. Uh, this was an exclusive yesterday from Variety. Um, is this story up, Greg? Yeah. Cool. Warner Brothers taps Walter Hamada to oversee DC film production. Exclusive. I like to say exclusive like that because it's an all caps, but mm-hmm. I like to whisper it. Uh, this is an interesting story. As part of the shakeup of its DC film operations, Warner Brothers is promoting Walter Hamada to oversee its comic book movies. Variety has learned he will serve as president of DC-based film production. In December, the studio decided to replace John Berg and Jeff Johns as the head of the DC movies. Berg uh, became a production partner with Roy Lee, the producer of the Lego movie and It, who has a deal on the lot. Johns remains a DC as president and chief executive officer, but his portfolio doesn't just involve film. Uh, he will continue to, prov- uh, to provide creative guidance into the company's television and comic book efforts. In an, in an official announcement of Hamada's fire, Higher, excuse me, not just yet. Uh, Warner Brothers said John Johns will work closely with the production president. So it looks like Jeff Johns is still overseeing everything. But, uh, he's a talented this, dude. Jeff yeah, he's very talented. Uh, the, the move comes as DC is looking for more quality control in its big screen efforts. The studio captured acclaim in box office bonanza with last summer's uh, Wonder Woman, but was savaged. I saw the look on your face. You're like, wait, what? Savaged by Suicide Squad and Justice League. Uh, there was widespread frustration over DC's failure to match the popularity of Marvel movies. So this is interesting to me. As I was like, oh, okay, cool. They got a new president. What has he done? Well, Hamada previously served for a decade as production executive at New Line, a division of Warner Brothers. There, he helped Shepard such horror hits as It, which everyone liked. I haven't seen. The Gallows, which I'm not familiar with. And The Conjuring, which I know is popular, but I haven't watched either. It's a very, very good movie. Okay. The, Conjuring. Uh, the, exec- the, the executive enjoys a close relationship with director James Wan, who obviously is directing Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I think he did The Conjuring as well, right? Uh, for DC, and is, and is credited with helping expand The Conjuring universe by making a well-received sequel to the movie, as well as spinoffs with the Annabelle series. He will be leaving New Line to work for Warner Brothers and will also oversee any other types of comic book movies that the studio produces outside of the DC canon. I don't know if I'm qualified necessarily to talk about this guy, the merits of this person's work, because I haven't seen any of the movies that he's made. Uh, what, what did you read on this? Uh, I think it's interesting. He's a really talented dude. I know of those films, The Conjuring and The Annabelle and that whole genre, or not genre, but that whole that segment of that genre, because oddly enough, my 12-year-old daughter loves horror, and she loves The Conjuring. She loves the Annabelle movies. We see them in the theater. He's... I mean, they are they are what they are, right? But he's the, the Conjuring. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's I should really watch that. fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's the clap. they get iteratively worse uh, with most sequels and, 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 and spinoffs. But um, but yeah, James Bond is is good. It's in, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see he because I've only seen his his horror stuff. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see because obviously, I mean, this is we're we're tapping into a, a creative exec here that looks like he's has at least uh, some experience world building. Yes, so that's for good. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see if he can bring to that. I don't. I my first initial reaction to this was oh god the guy that made like that makes quasi B movie horror movies is gonna be now in charge of these AAA series that is like I, to say it's a sinking ship 
is extreme, but it's definitely well, a ship that's steering in the wrong has steered in the wrong direction for a very very long time. Here's what I'll say to that: uh, the guy that made Dead Alive uh, went on and made quasi terrible, horrible Australian New Zealand horror movies. What was that? Was that uh, he went on? Bowl, he went though. on to be Peter Jackson. And oh, it was Peter Lord Jackson. Yeah, there you so, go. You never know. There it know? is. Okay. I always thought it was so strange. It's like the best thing he ever made was Heavenly Creatures, and that was just great because it had uh, what's her face naked in it. Which one's um, Heavenly Creatures? Was that Kate Winslet? Kate Winslet. Yeah. Kate Winslet. Yeah. Had like Kate Winslet naked in a bathroom. So in a bathtub, you're like, yeah, it's an awesome movie. Great movie. Uh, and it was so Give odd. It was like, he made the Frighteners, and now he's gonna make Lord of the Rings. And he well, be fucking first off, Peter the Frighteners. I stand by that. It's all holds up very well. Michael J. Fox is the greatest work. I was gonna need. Oh, whoa. Oh man! Did you pay for that shirt? Can I get a? <laughs> yeah. You... Can I get a? Wow, this is crazy. Yeah, you know, on, some Whoa. jokes here, ladies and gentlemen, go oh, wow. on far too long, and I think it's time that we fired Andy Cortez. Whoa! <laughs> I think it's fi- I think it's time that we fired him and firebomb his ever being able to work <laughs> in media ever again. <laughs> this is something else, man. This is. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, have a great rest of the show, guys. Thanks. Hey, it was good to see you. Take hey, care. Good to see you. Appreciate good the support. Yeah, no problem. I'm gonna need you to sign a release saying you'll never hire member. Andy. I'm a first member. I know that Andy, by the way, hits all of your uh, things, the three things that you don't hate. He doesn't have any of those, so that's great. No, he's, sa- he's super safe. He's super safe, yeah, so this is, this is what is compelling. This is scaring me a little bit here. I don't like this at all. Uh, okay, we're running a little long the truth. We'll skip the next topic, um, which I do want to talk to you about, but we'll have to do that offline, ladies and gentlemen. Well, um, I, I, no, this is great. This is fantastic. I have, I, I was just lamenting to, to the other one, Greg, earlier, <laughs> yeah. that... Uh, this is the first time I've been in your office. Is it really? In the, all the time we've I worked together, I've never been here? been here. What? In the two years or however long we've worked together, I've and I've never been to to work like to visit with you guys and to be on your stuff. I would love to uh, invite myself here. All you the time. are welcome here whenever you want. Thank you. I would love it if you came. I would love. I would love it if you were here once a week. That'd okay. be fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, I got well, a lot of free time on my hands now. So. That's, it's so funny because everyone floats in. I forget who has and who has not been here. Lou's been here a couple times. Farid was here the other day, but I don't mm-hmm. think he was working. I think he was setting up a date for himself or something like that. And he was like, okay, I'll see you guys later. I'm like, what? What's Farid doing here? Was he here to work? And he was like, no, 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 I'm just in San Francisco today. I stopped by to get a free Coke and then I'm, I'm leaving. I was like, all right, bye, bye, Farid. Uh, let's go into a couple quick tips and then we'll do PS I Love This Best Friend XOXO. First tip comes from Thamex17. Says, so happy to see Jeff come out and visit you guys at the studio. Also, Jeff, you're going to do the kind of funny prom? You coming to prom? I'm absolutely going to do the Fantastic. kind of prom. Yeah, I wouldn't miss it. Do you know who you're going to ask to prom yet? Because this is a big deal. You have to think about this. You have to ask someone. That you I guess would, I can't go stag, huh? You can go stag if you want. I don't know. But I feel like it's an opportunity for you to have an excuse to unabashedly reach out to whomever you please on the internet. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So the other day, because I'm, I'm getting used to the idea of being single, and uh, and I don't think I'm ready for it yet. But uh, <laughs> I, I uh, would not be. <laughs> I'm definitely not, and I think I'll probably die alone, but that's okay. Because nah. uh, I already had like the best wife a human being can possibly have for 13 years. Um I do you know who Liz Fair is the music, like yeah. indie musician Liz yeah. Fair? I've always had a super crush on her. And the other day, uh, we were in the office like right before the like the day like the last day of working at Rich Teeth for the year. I was joking around and I was like, I should hit on Liz Fair on Twitter. And uh, so I texted her. I, I tweeted her. I just said, "What's up?" <laughs> As a joke. <laughs> Two seconds later, she goes, "Yes." Hmm. What? And I go, ah, and I didn't know what to do. So I, I responded to her. I go, uh, "That wasn't me. Uh, my friend had my Twitter account, and uh, he tweeted that it wasn't me. And I don't have a friend. I'm lying. I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> That's and awesome. And she laughed, and we had like we kind of flirted back and forth a little bit. 
And uh, and then uh, the audience got involved and ruined it. Of course, uh, as yeah, they always do. They take, they so take that, I just, I that fun little joke and just strangle it. Yeah, to I ejected immediately. They started like shit talking to music and stuff. I'm like, oh please, oh. like stop this. But uh, I'm 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 not giving up on her. I'm gonna circle back around when it's been enough time. You need Maybe to, I'll trick Liz Fair into going to the party. I think you should do we a should very a heartfelt, and this is what's been fun about this process, is that people are now feeling that same anxiety that you felt when you had to ask someone to prom, mm -hmm. except now it's in the public eye, and now you yeah. have to make a video about it, and now you have to share the hashtag, Andy, what's the hashtag? KF prom 2018? Yes. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah. Joey, what's the hashtag for prom videos? For prom? Yeah, prom videos, what do we hashtag? Well, we're choosing KF Prom 20. Yeah, hashtag KF Prom. So if you make a video asking someone, like he's going to do for Liz Fair, I'm uh, definitely hashtag gonna, it there. I'm definitely going to, if I... Like the musical? Yeah, well, maybe. I'm going to ask somebody who's who's way more impressive Shoot for than the me. stars. Shoot for the moon. Uh, I'll tell you what, the first person who uh, who who did this when we, we announced it on the stream uh, tweeted at Mia Khalifa and was like, "If I get how many Risa, or retweets... Uh, to get you to come to prom with me, the kind of funny prom with me. Mm -hmm. And she said 5,000. And thanks to the power of our community, he hit that in less than 24 hours. That's awesome. So uh, I don't know if she's going to back out of that or not, but we're, we're going to try to get me up. So anyway. I've never met her, but she's like, she's done Rooster Teeth stuff. She uh, lives in Austin. She's worked with her. you guys a yeah. few times. I think that we would hate each other because she's a hyper opinionated basketball fan and yeah. she likes a shitty team yeah. that's an enemy of my Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of hoping I don't ever meet her because I think we would just, we wouldn't get along. So I think, dialing it back. You will either destroy each other or be the best of friends. You think so? Yeah, hundred we'll percent. Because she is, uh, she's almost the female version of you. Where it's like, I'm not afraid to say what I'm going to say, <laughs> and I have opinions. And, uh, and there it is. There okay. it is. She puts herself out there. Next tip comes from Party McFly, who, by the way, just won my daily award for the best handle ever. That's a good one. Uh, says, "Hey guys, with all the stand-up talk, who are some of your favorite stand-ups that haven't been exposed as sexual deviants yet? Personally, I love Bill Burr and Bo Burnham. Much love from Honolulu. Well, I mean, the list is dwindling as we go, but." Um, yeah, I mean, some of my favorites in the in the past year we've talked we talked about yesterday. I love. I thought George Lopez's last stand up was freaking amazing. Um, I'm still a big Anthony Justin Luke fan. Anthony uh, Justin. I have Dave Chappelle has two new specials out that I was going to watch last night, but I'm sleepy instead. The ones know. that have been out for like six months. No, he has two. He has one more out that came out. Oh, really? He's doing a series of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just in that series I've only of seen videos. The first two. There's one more. Okay. Two yeah. More. Two more. Two more. Two more. Okay, sorry. and they're new. Yeah. Um, I uh, my my favorite stand up of all time is probably Norm Macdonald. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask him to prom. You he's no, got. No, that was the epitome of like guy who, and, and this is why that's maybe why I like him so much is he will shoot himself in the foot career-wise to make himself laugh and doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a and fuck. And he is only in it to make himself laugh. And his, I have so much respect for that. His joke um, that's in the trailer for his net, last Netflix special, mm -hmm. where he was like, "I don't like the acronym ID." Because it stands for identification. He's like, it feels like the D's doing most of the work. Yeah. That. <laughs> it's too good. Uh, Justin Ryan Vera says, I need to know Jeff's thoughts on cum gum for science. I don't know what that is. Um, there you go. Uh, it's an old uh, joke on a podcast that I wasn't even on. So there you okay. go. It's Troy Baker's. Uh, Troy Baker brought that to the table. So you have him to thank for that next time you see him. Zyger1337 says, hi, Jeff. It's amazing to have you on the show. This is easily my favorite episode of the morning show. Uh, thanks, Zyger. We've only been doing the show for four years, but don't worry about it. <laughs> thank you for being awesome. I can't wait to see you again. You're my hero. Uh, hard also, hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. There You're you my go. hero. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, right back at uh, you. Sorry. Sorry, Nick. I just had to. I accidentally deleted the photo. No, no. We can do it again. Can we take another one? Yeah, no. Take your time. It's fine. Uh, can, you, can you say hi to my friend? Uh-huh. I can do a voicemail or whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. Say hi. Um, Who's your friend? Um, Jack. Yeah. All right, cool. Hey, it was, we hey yeah. Jack, how's it going? I'm sorry we missed you. Uh, I'm here with your, with your pal, though. Uh, uh, hey, Tower hey, of Pimps, man. Hey, <laughs> People hey, like grapes. People like grapes, dude. That's not me. 
What's up, man? Good show, dude. Good show, man. Just texting Greg. Please fire Andy immediately. That's so great to outsource them to you guys. Thank you. Um, no, I'm happy. Like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gush for a second, Nick. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I've ever told you this before. This is honest. Out of for, so for the first twelve or so years of Rooster Teeth. I was like, they kept me like in a box mm-hmm. with my head down. They just made me work. Right. And I just, I was a hermit. Yeah. And uh, so I, one day I looked up and I realized that A, I didn't know anybody that ever heard of us. And B, that everybody at Teeth was friends with all these other talented people and I wasn't because I was in my closet just making <laughs> right. videos. Uh, so for the last three years has been kind of a fun journey of me getting out of the closet and getting to meet uh, and become friends with you guys and, you know, Game Attack and Screw Attack and Funhouse and... The laundry list of all the people, Couch Up, uh, the creatures at the time, like all these awesome, wonderful, talented people. Out of everybody that I work with, in across the board, out of all these people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna embarrass you. You're my favorite person. And I didn't, ju- I didn't, I swear to God, I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast with you right now. That's nice. You I my, appreciate that. You're my favorite one to hang out with. I've said this before. I'll say this again to people. I was like, with, the first time we hung out, I was like, we're fast friends. I thought so too. I just, it just happened. It's well, one it's of those funny. things where you meet, you very, you meet so few people where you're like, oh, I vibe with this we person. We actually, we're just done. We actually had an, an, an interaction. I don't know if you remember it. I don't remember it verbatim, but we were at that speakeasy that you guys took me to. Oh, right. Where I was like, hey, like, come to my buddy's Halloween, yeah, Halloween party. Yeah, we were, were, here, we yeah. were trying to court you to, to, to sign you yeah. to become a member of the Let's Play family, a founding, a foundational member of the Let's Play family. Uh, and, uh, and I was like, well, we're friends. I said something in a conversation, and you go, "We don't know each other." And I go, "Yeah, we're friends." <laughs> <laughs> I was be, I was trying to be modest of like, "You're not, you're too, like, you don't need me as a friend." You no, better, no, like, no. but yeah, that was a fun time. Yeah, I remember good. also, I made you stop by my house for no reason. I did, and, my, and you, you saw my. Well, you, up on it, yeah, she was just like, "Hi, this is really weird." And I was like, "Hey, that's what we do. See you later." We having a good time. That was fun. Well, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you, sir, and thanks for coming by. Absolutely, it means a lot. Uh, TFH show given, has given us our final tip and said we made our first hire yesterday. Congrats. Congrats to Germs for being the second member of Too Fucking Honest Show. Uh, love you guys. Love you, big man. Uh, awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. That first hire is a big step. I like to see grow. Yeah, our first hire was Kevin. So be careful. Careful what you wish for there. I told Kevin I'd stop making jokes at his expense. Sorry, I apologize. Kevin Kevin awesome. was your first hire, but your worst hire was Andy. Uh, oh, well, we just rectified that, though. I yeah, just, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Uh, I just uh, went, went ahead and... Hey, Greg? Have we fired Andy yet? Greg, did we fire Andy yet? Yes. Great, thanks, Greg. What was that? I heard. What was that? Could you um? Could you do me a favor? Ask uh, Greg Miller, not not cool Greg, but Greg Miller, if he has fired you yet. Okay. Did you get my text to fire Andy? I did. Cool. Have we done that yet, or yeah, where are we at with community that? Community member Andy Cortez here. Oh, hey Andy, what's what up? Nice? Oh, you've been demoted. Big fan. <laughs> kind of funny. His biggest fan. What was Big nice fan, is man. that in the chat here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, Andy came in and, and said repeatedly, spammed it a little bit, saying that Greg is cooler than he is. So like it was okay. So that's why he's still allowed to hang out, just because he finally accepted his fate. I didn't know that. You left your computer open. I fucked with it. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> Don't ever leave your computer open next to Greg. I've been wanting to ask you a question for a long time. That is a bad idea. Is your hair on purpose? Yeah. Okay. He cuts cool. his own hair. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think about, what do you think about Minecraft, Jeff? What's, 
Yeah. Here's what I need you to do. What's up? Go to the refrigerator and see if there are any Diet Cokes there. Okay. If there aren't, go to the farthest store possible, buy one <laughs> Diet Coke, and then hit yourself over the head with it repeatedly because I'm not drinking Diet Coke anymore. Mom. Do you understand me? Really? Are you yeah. giving up on Diet Coke? Trying to. Why? Just for health reasons? Uh, yeah, because I realized the other day uh, after going to the movie and having two coffees and one gigantic Diet Coke that I came home and wanted another Diet Coke and I had not had any water that day. So the problem is this, I will go back to, I will probably have a Diet Coke eventually, but I cannot moderate with it. For whatever reason, I I just want Diet Coke constantly in my fucking brain. So here's how, because I'm in a similar situation where I I realized I wasn't addicted to alcohol as much as I was addicted to drinking stuff. Yeah. I have completely and totally replaced alcohol with like 15, like a Donald Trump level of Diet Cokes a day. Um, But Diet Coke has aspartame, which is going to kill me. So I've made the switch to Diet Pepsi because it doesn't have aspartame. I go back and forth on these. I got got called out. I did an episode uh, about nutrition with my friend Brian Altano. I'm sure you guys have met or at least been in the same spheres. He's over at IGN. Um, He lost a ton of weight doing a diet called the Whole30. And one of the things that he was talking about was like, he cut out artificial sweeteners because no one really knows what that does to you. Mm-hmm. And I got a ration of shit from people, including some doctors who were like, aspartame is one of the most studied chemicals on the planet. Like, they've done all these studies for it. It's 100% safe. Oh. But he's like, they were like, but the reason you're having an adverse reaction to it is because you're drinking too much of it. They're like, if you want to have a Diet Coke every once in a while, that's fine. fine. Yeah. But... I still, I'm like, I, I still think that less is more. I still think that the only thing that your body needs chemical-wise is water, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, like, as far as ingesting liquids. Yeah. So I, I tend to think, I'm trying to retrain my brain to be like, this is fun. This is a cool little stimulant. This is coffee, this is caffeine, this is a little bit of energy, but realize that you don't need this necessarily. Yeah. You do need this. So just remember, this is good. It said this doesn't taste like anything except for cold. You're ahead of me. That's my next step, is to, to start. Uh, like, right now, I'm like, I'm still riding the, uh, I just quit drinking. Cut me some slack. Right. I'm going to drink a bunch of shitty diet soda. Sure. But at some point in the next year, I'm going to have to transition into the <sighs> boring-ass water. Well, I've noticed, though, the problem is this. Like, I, for whatever reason in my brain, I have to have a vice. Uh-huh. Now, that vice, I've noticed... Once I eliminate it one place, crops up somewhere else, right? There has to be a, I'm doing too much of something somewhere, right? So I quit smoking, right? And mm-hmm. that goes, then obviously, then all of a sudden I started drinking five, six cups of coffee every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my thing. I gotta go get a cup of coffee. You gotta have co- it. Gotta, gotta get, get a cup of coffee, right? So I'm, I'm like terrified that now that I'm trying to slowly get back to just like not having anything that I do that over, like, that I overdo, I'm terrified of see what's gonna come up next. Because I'm already horribly addicted to porn also. So it's like, I can't possibly watch that much anymore porn. So what's next? I'm still thinking it's black tar heroin. Moderation is a foreign concept to me. It's such a son of a bitch. Yeah. It's a bitch. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, P.S. I love this best friend, XOXO. Non sequitur there, but uh, go to kindoffunny.com slash best friend and, and uh, denominate someone you think is doing a great job. Today, B is shouting out the best friends that showed at the Polite Provision holiday party. Oh, that's fun. She says, uh, uh, he says, thanks to everyone for showing up for my 21st birthday and nothing else. Shout out to Greg and Joey for showing up too. Also, thanks so much to all the best friends for being so friendly and buying me drinks and even closing out my tab. I'm writing this with my first legal hangover. Uh, sorry for the mistake. Sorry for the mistakes. And happy birthday to my bud Steven, who not only sang two. Who, oh, who not, everyone sang to you because it wasn't his 21st birthday. Well, that's nice. Traditionally, people don't sing to you unless it is your birthday. But that's I'll true. sing to you, I'll sing to you next time I see you. Uh, Jeff, we're gonna give away a game right now. Okay, Let me tell you Let's something about this show. We have four ways to get entered into this win, this game. Uh, whatever, we're gonna give away a game. We're already long. I feel like, I don't think Andrea's here, but if she is, the spirit of her is here. Uh, Andrea, of course, co-hosts Kind of Funny Games Daily, mm-hmm. and she pops her head around the corner when I'm running late because she has shit to do. 
Oh, shit yeah, to yeah, do. yeah, yeah. She's like, Nick, shit to do. And she's very intimidating. The talented ones always are. It is. Uh, today's giveaway, of course, you can. Uh, there's four ways to get entered away. You can be in the Twitch chat, you can be a Twitch subscriber, which you can use Amazon Prime to do one free Twitch Prime subscription. And by the way, I was going to do that today, but since this conversation has been so good, I'm going to punt it to next week. I'm going to use my Amazon Prime for someone out there in the community. I'm going to subscribe to you guys, so we'll figure out who that is. And I'll talk to Joey and figure out how, how that works and probably make her do it. Um, of course, you can subscribe to us on Patreon at the $2 above level or Patreon Games at $2 above level. Today's winner comes from the Twitch chat. Congratulations, the Book of Jeremy. You have won Ultimate chicken horse on the PC which is Jeff's weapon of choice uh, we're going to go into the 3 and 3 now Jeff this is the uh, this is their opportunity to ask you some questions we can oh, ask them okay, some questions sure. and then we'll go into our subscriber only mode talk to them and then lunchtime that's a great game by the way I don't know if you've played we, we played quite a bit for our kids friendly show we did schooled and uh, no. we became kind of friends with the developers really, really? good game yeah. I feel like Canadians, uh, I feel like maybe we have played that I don't know Ultimate Chicken Horse fucking rule, says uh, DJ Kento, or TFH the show. Uh, maybe we should play that for a Let's Play today at some point. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Uh, Lakers, Lakers head 2432 says, F the Celtics, go Lakers. Magic Johnson is far greater than Larry Bird. Yeah, it was great to watch you guys uh, completely and totally give up in the third quarter and uh, just quit as a team the other day. How's that working out for you? What did Kuzma said? Uh, we suck, we quit. Uh, we don't deserve to be on court. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Keep it up. My dog, Nick96 says, Nick, Jeff, what is a teleplay? What is a teleplay? I feel like you can Google the answer to that one. Let's just, we're going to move on yeah. from that. Uh, let's see, uh, Project Azizel says, bongos? Not yet. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on the Philadelphia 76ers? I'm sorry, Nick, this is going to get basketball heavy with me. I, I, can, I can avoid it. It's um, okay, because uh, here's the thing that you don't know about this show. When, the, when it's the right co-host, I love talking about sports. Okay. When, when the person's informed and is not constantly trying to quit to go to greener passages. No, Andy, get out of here. I, th- I like that he just ran out of the room. I don't know what he's going to do. I think that if the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> the process is working, and that you have an, you have an odd opportunity where if the Lakers pick falls to number one and you get it this year, and then the uh, <laughs> the fucking Sacramento Kings pick conveys next year, you have a chance of having four number one picks in your starting lineup, which is just unheard of. Did you just give me a timeout? Go Spurs, man. Go Spurs, you know? No, I don't. All right, there's people below us. Stop right, bouncing a ball, right. for Christ's sake. There's a hair salon down there. Or a comic book shop. I'm oh, not quite sure. I don't know which one. I don't know how that works. Uh, <laughs> Zyger1337 says, I'll listen to Jeff do sports talk all day, every day. Ow. That's nice. And he says, follow-up uh, comment on that, I don't even like sports. Right I think he just likes the way your voice sounds, my friend. Uh, to the Extreme, says, how many more co- uh, costume changes will Andy go through today? Well, uh, after he wore the Achievement Hunter jersey, I, I can honestly say that'll be his last one. <laughs> oh, at least here. At least here. He can do whatever he wants to do outside. In his new life. In his new life. <laughs> where he moves back to Austin and, and roots for the Spurs. No need, to, no need to move back to Austin. Yeah, he's not getting that job. Because no. Bruce has already said, under no circumstances will he ever be hired at Funhouse. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. And, so, and, so, and so you know this, for future reference. He wants to work there more than he wants to work at Achievement. Is that true? That's 100% true. Okay. He loves Funhouse. Okay. He like, in, in order of yeah, magnitude, like he loves Funhouse, then you guys, and then I think Sugar Fine 7, and then probably us at the bottom of the list. I think, we're the, I think we were the entryway into the Let's Play family, which is funny because he already worked for Rooster Teeth. Yeah, but, it's weird. You know, he, fucked, we, he burned that bridge, or at least we made sure he did. Yeah, he's a, it's an it's a interesting career of missteps for him. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's kind of backward if you think about yeah. it. Spasmgasm440 says, Nick has kind of funny officially ranked the Star Wars films yet. Not yet. 
but that is going on the list. Easy to be done. Uh, to be we done. are in sub-only mode right now. Thank you guys for subbing. Uh, Bizarre Monk says, Nick and the other guy, what decade has the best music and why? That's more of a question for you. That's easy. It's, uh, well, can I, can I split decades? 1975 to 1985 uh, was the height of hardcore and punk and oi, and that's where all the best music that was ever made came from. I just watched a terrible but fun documentary on Van Halen. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's one. It's like it's one of those made-for-TV documentaries that just skips over all the dramatic parts. You're like, I does, feel it, does like... it not talk about Eddie Van Halen's like 40-year drunk? Sure didn't. <laughs> no. Sure didn't do that. It did. It gets all the way up to when David Lee Roth left the band and mm-hmm. formed and, and did his own solo thing, and then they're like, and then they were okay. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that's the most. That's the fun part. Like, what happened to Van Halen after that? Because that's yeah. kind of when they went downhill. The right? Sammy Hagar years. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, um, not not a huge Van Halen fan. But I appreciate them. They actually made more money and were more successful with Sammy Hagar as the frontman. Uh, and but I feel they like that's because heights. I feel like that's, that's because a, right after 1984 launched with yeah, Jump and like Panama on it, that's kind of when on the, on the back of that success, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 I feel like. But because uh, yeah, going be, through the albums, obviously, I'm not a hardcore Van Halen fan either. I just know, like, if you ask me to name five songs, I'd be like, Jump, Panama. That's pretty much it. Too hot for teacher, maybe. Um, but looking at yeah. the albums that came before that, I'm like, oh wait, no, all the hits that I know that were mainstream that hit me were on that for uh, that that seminal album for mm-hmm. them. So that makes sense that. Like, cause I, you know, I don't think of. I mean, I do think David Lee Roth when I think of him. Why the fuck am I talking about Van Halen? No, Let's go over to the next you question. And, and you should. I think of, I think of when I think of Sammy Hagar, I think of uh, tequila. Mm, yeah. Cabo, he made a billion Cabo dollars Wabo. off Cabo Wabo tequila. He did. When are we gonna start our tequila brand? I don't know, man. I want to do that thing though, like, like, like the George Clooney just made a dickload off of his tequila brand. Or like fucking uh, Jessica Alba with her beauty products or healthy, like vegan beauty products. That might be a tougher sell for us, though. Yeah. No, maybe. Or yeah. like. 50 Cent with Smart Water. Like, oh, he went broke after that. He did. <sighs> Fucked that up. Well, that's mismanaged. Piss poor management. Yeah, I know. But uh, it bugs me that, like, like that's not how you and I are ever going to retire. We're not going to retire or get, like, super, like, we're not going to own a yacht because of this. No. It's going to be the, the fucking, like, it's going to be when Wonder we finally we like yeah, we finally figure out how to start our own uh, designer cannabis brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going right? to be that. And that's yeah, the first like that. thing. We, yeah, we call it like I don't know. We'll call it something cool like Scarpino. Kind of fucked up. Yeah, there you go. Kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Last question comes from the fantastician. Says, "Hi Nick, would you ever get a tattoo?" We did a gog topic about this. Uh, I've said that I'm way too uh, anal retentive to ever get a, a tattoo. Like I'm afraid I'll put one on my body and then hate it the next day and then have to cut that part of myself out. But I'll go on record as saying this. If I ever do get a tattoo, it'll be in Austin, Texas with this guy right here. I will go to wherever he goes because his tattoos are fucking awesome. I will. I will. I can make that happen. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been your morning show for January 5th. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Jeff, thanks for being here. Thank as you for always. having me. Speaking of wish fulfillment, this was one of them. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Get it, but we gotta get that bucket now. Now we gotta get you on stage. Guys, I'll be back on Monday. Uh, actually, I'll be back real quick to read subscribers, and then Greg and I'm not sure who's co hosting with him. I think it's Tim. Is it Tim? Greg and Tim will be back for Kind of Funny Games Daily. I'll take him out to lunch. I'll see you guys. Have a great weekend. Bye. Ta ta.